good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening. Thank you very much for tuning in to all you listening now. I am your host, Johnny, back at it again for another week. I've had a very good week, and I certainly hope you all have as well. So, before we get today's show started, I wanted to take the time out to thank each and every person who listens to the podcast. If you have been to my social media page, which if you have not, you can find it on Facebook at R-Y-L now. That's R spelled out, Y-L now. And if you like the show and enjoy the content, follow the page. Give me a like. But if you haven't been there, I put a post on there that was near and dear to my heart because we reached 100 downloads. And I couldn't have done it without you all support and without you all taking the time out of your day to listen to me. And I just want to say thank you. I greatly appreciate it. And here's to the next 100 because that's coming real soon. All right. I want to apologize in advance for reopening this wound. But 2020 was a rough year for us all in one way or the other. One of those ways were people losing their jobs. According to BLS.gov, we ended the year at a 6.7% unemployment rate in the nation. We are currently still at this number today with some states as high as 9.3%. Now, I know that the virus has affected everyone all over the world when it comes to layoffs or losing jobs. So I thought it would be helpful to provide some tips for when you apply for that new job. Now, if you want to know about my area of expertise in this field, well, it's around this degree called life. No, I'm just kidding. But on a serious note, I have interviewed countless applicants throughout my work history. And of course, even for my current job on top of helping other interview prep. So here's some successful tips that I've found that's proven to win. Now, getting any job is no guarantee, but these strategies can put you on a much better path to getting that job. This might get long, so without further ado, if you have to grab a snack, pull up a seat, let's get started. This is the first key on even getting looked at for a job is your resume. Now, there's three common that I've noticed styles of resume. Your chronological resume, your functional resume, and your combination resume. And each one has their own benefits. Just to sum it up real quick for each one, your chronological resume focuses more on your work experience. It normally details it from your current position or your last position that you've held all the way to your position that you know you may be held back a few years. The chronological resume normally focuses on that. Your functional resume is going to actually place your skills on center stage. It's where you can go and it's great for people that are really new to the workforce. And maybe you don't have all of the work experience, right? But you have a lot of skills that you maybe gotten from college or grad school or trade school that you can put on center stage, uh, which are really highlight just what you can do. The combination resume format sounds exactly 
as it sounds is a combination of the two. Now, each one of these resume formats have their own pros and cons. And what I always recommend people is, hey, you know, depending on what job you're gonna apply for, you just never know which resume format works. So if you can, hey, go ahead and set up one for each one of these style formats. So that way you're not having to bounce back and forth to try to adjust depending on the job you set up for. Now, you can get some more details on each one of these resume formats on myperfectresume.com. Um, it gives you more of an in-depth breakdown of it, tells you, to, again, goes more in depth on the pros and cons. So feel free and visit that website. I found it very helpful. Now, after you've chosen which format to go with, we need to put what you're good at and just what you do down on paper. Now, what and how you put here is going to either make you an intriguing candidate or a hard pass candidate. The first thing I always tell people to do is avoid generic words that might sound good, but really don't mean much. Words like hard worker, team player, results driven, and self-motivated are these kind of words, and they provide no detail to any of your great skill set that you have. Instead, you want to use action verbs that paint a picture about you and your work history. For example, like helped increased or advanced or partnered with or I joined with to highlight your team player skills. Being detailed as possible throughout your resume is going to make you stand out. So incorporate these types of verbiage throughout your resume. Now, if you can't come up with any super sophisticated style words, you can always go to resumegenius.com and that website will give you a bunch of different words that you can use on your resume depending on what you're trying to describe. Also, most writing formats have a an option to view a thesaurus or will give you synonym words to replace what you have written down already so you can use of course that as well now listen to me you want to make sure that what you put down on your resume you can talk to in your interview don't overcomplicate it, especially to the point where you can't answer questions about what's on your resume trust me I have seen this before also, another great benefit that you can do after building your resume is go ahead and send you up a social media profile. Y'all probably heard of social media platforms like a LinkedIn, for example, that, you know, can also kind of be more of a virtual um, style resume, which can also benefit you. So if you don't have one of those profiles, definitely do that as well. It'll really help you out. Um, it can actually maybe even attract you to certain jobs that may be hiring that sees your profile and, you know, may give you a call. Now that you have your resume done and you have your social media profile set up, it wouldn't hurt to have a cover letter to put with that. Now, just in case you've never either had or even heard of a cover letter, just to sum it up for you, it's basically a drafted document that introduces you to the company you're applying for. With a cover letter, it's best to be as direct about the job you're applying for. You want to state an accomplishment or accomplishments and show enthusiasm in your writing. Not too over the top, but you know, a little excitement about applying for that job. The same aforementioned verbiage you used for your resume, you should also apply it here. Remember, being detailed, 
being specific as possible is key in any written document that you're putting down for a job. And trust me, as we continue on in this, you're going to hear me use the word detailed and specific a lot, but it's for a good reason. Now, the next really important item that I want to discuss, which can help set you up for success in getting that job is what you wear to the interview, whether it be in person or virtual. There's a saying that goes something like, I believe if I remember correctly, you have to dress for success. Now, I'm not saying you have to wear a Tom Ford uh, Oxford suit, but you know, you want to have a pair of slacks and a collared shirt and you know, some decent dress shoes. Um, if you're a guy saying goes for my ladies out there, um, doesn't have to be Ann Taylor or a Mercer to find something professional to wear and please no leggings. They don't count. Remember first impressions are everything. And if you don't think they matter, they do. One of my favorite quotes is you never get a second chance to make a great first impression. So, hey, make yours count when you go. Now that you have your resume done, you have your cover letter and your social media profile all set up. You have that fly outfit picked out. Now it's showtime. It's time for you to go ahead and apply for that job. And after applying for that job with this updated resume, with this updated detailed cover letter, now you're just waiting for the recruiter to call to set you up for an interview for that job that you want. Before you actually go to that job interview, I want to give you three tips to do before you go to it. The first tip is ask the recruiter questions about the job if you have any or if something isn't clear. For example, something like, will this be a panel interview? What is the company's culture like? And since, of course, we are in the pandemic, right? Is there any remote work for this role? I would also recommend reading some, you know, about some company reviews, even though you do have to read them with a grain of salt. So keep that in mind as you're reading those. The second thing is, if you're going into the building for a interview, you want to print out at least four copies of your resume and cover letter. Now, when you do this, make sure that it's the same resume that you actually apply for the job for. Trust me, on more than one occasion, I've seen people apply for a job with a resume, come to the job with a brand new resume, something that is not the same that they, that they apply with. So make sure it's the same. And then after you do that, the third thing is, if you can, have each one of them in a yellow file folder. I'm trying to give you some budget options. You know, if you don't have a you know a big fancy you know notebook or nothing like that, it's fine. A yellow file folder works just the same. Now, if you don't have any, you can find these folders really anywhere. You know, Walmart, Office Depot, places like that. Staples and these folders normally range anywhere from a pack for anywhere between seven to twelve dollars. And if you're on a budget and you really can't afford to, you know, be putting them all like that because, you know, hey, you might end up going on multiple interviews, right? So, hey, I need to, you know, limit some of this. You can just put them all in one, you know, folder to have them in. You know, don't just walk in to the interview with your resume 
and your cover letter just in hand. You want to have it in that folder. Again, if you can't put it in separate ones, have it in that one. I recommend having them paperclip. I know some people will staple, but for me personally and from what I've seen, paperclip is a much, much better way to go. So do those three things before you go in. All right, so now that you've had an interview with the recruiter, the day has come to have that interview with the people that are going to hire you. You've made it to the building or it's a little bit of time before a virtual interview is set up. I want you, before you go to that building, before you log in online, if you go to the building, I do recommend getting up there at least 45 minutes in advance. If you have a online I recommend, you know, you get in front of that computer and get it set up at least 20 minutes in advance. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you get to that building, when you get in front of that computer, I want you to take a moment to go through your woo-saw technique to bring you down. Look, it's okay. And it's quite human to be nervous or to be amped up when you're about to go in to this interview. I mean, you applied and because of your skill set or your work history, or both in some cases, you're getting called in to have the opportunity to get that job. Whatever your method of woo-sawing is, do that for the next 20 minutes. Whatever that is. Mine is music. I normally turn on a song and I start to breathe to work through my emotions to calm down so that way when I go in, I won't be too amped up and I won't be too shaky. Because trust me, I've been there many, many times. Whatever, but whatever yours is, do that. Now, I do want to point out that if your Wu Sang method has anything to do with alcohol or something like that, probably not a good time to do that in that moment. I know some of y'all are laughing like, duh, but trust me, I've, I got some stories. I got some stories. <laughs> now that you've calmed down and you know your nerves are all together and you're sitting in that waiting room, you know, you've gone into the building or you pulled up the computer and you're, you know, waiting for the interview to come. You're all set. You're ready to go. So next, let's dive into how you want to approach your interview once the questions start coming. The first thing I want you to remember, and I actually, before you even go, would like, if you can, to practice this, there's nothing wrong with it, is when answering any question, I need you to be specific and detailed. See, those, those there are those words again I told you about. Nothing generic. Give you a couple of examples. Let's just say, for example, you get asked, why should we hire you? You know, a typical response would be, well, because I feel that I bring the best work ethic and the best skill set to the job. You know, something like that. It sounds good, right? But it's quite generic. Instead, say something like while reviewing the job, I saw where whatever your job is, right, that you're applying for, I saw where the skill set that I have in blank matches exactly the detailed description for blank. And I knew that it would be a perfect fit, not only to utilize the skill set that I have, but to benefit this company with that same skill set. See, a lot different response, right? Being specific and detailed is what catches that interviewer's eye. Next, when answering questions, you want to make sure to tie your answers back to a skill you have or an experience 
from your previous jobs. Remember how you hyped up your skills on your resume and your cover letter? Now is the time to really showcase it. Trust me, this is important. If you have skills on your resume and you used phrases like able to collaborate with my peers or I have effective comprehension skills and then you don't use them here, an interviewer might pick up on that and might become a little bit suspicious. So remember, tie those skills and work experiences to your answers. Now, we talked earlier about, you know, again, being detailed and specific when answering questions. But now let's dive a little bit deeper and talk about how you answer those questions. I know we talked a little bit about that here a second ago, because I'm sure you're thinking, we just talked about that, Johnny, just not even 30 seconds ago. And you already said, be specific, be detailed. I got you. And trust me, I believe you do. However, I want to give a couple of nuggets that I've been able to, of course, incorporate my own self. And I've been able to give others that really will help bring it all together. Most interviews you go to, there's normally a couple of questions that get asked which depending on how you answer to cause that interviewer to change their opinion of you midstream. And I want you to be prepared and ready for it. So let's tackle a couple of those right quick. One common question you might get is what caused you to want to apply for this job or why are you leaving your current job? Now with a question like this, a typical answer might be something like, I was looking for growth potential or I knew this was a great company to work for and I couldn't just pass up on this opportunity. Now, these answers aren't bad, but they kind of again sound generic and cliche. Remember, like we talked about earlier, you want to utilize what's on your resume to your answers as much as possible. For example, when asked this question, you can answer and say something like, when I was, when I saw this position open, I knew that the skills that I have or the experience that I have in this area would, I would be able to benefit this company and further utilize and grow my skills. Of course, by doing this or answering this way, it would provide context to your answer and highlight some of your skills. Another question that is common is about strength and weaknesses. And I'm sure if you've been on any interviews lately or in the past, you probably have heard this question many, many times. Now, the thing that I want to point out is when talking about your weaknesses, quote unquote, I never want you to refer to them as weaknesses. Because we don't have weaknesses, we have opportunities. When detailing these opportunities, you also want to make mention of what things you are doing to overcome them. So if you get asked, you know, for three weaknesses, just don't go straight down the list of all three. Like, don't just start running off, uh, I'm not the best communicator. I need to get better with time management. Like, yeah, don't just go down the list of three opportunities. You want to answer them one at a time provide some detail of what you're doing to overcome them. Like, for example, let's just say, well, hey, you know, one of my areas of opportunity is my ability to really actually maximize or be organized with my time. Once you say that, you can say something like, well, and one of the things that I've done to get better in this area is I started to utilize my calendar. I have a calendar on my phone 
And I started to actually apply different things, you know, when it comes to making sure I know when my bills are going to be paid, when they need to be paid or when they're being auto drafted out. So that way I'm not having to always rush and try to figure out what I need to do things, you know, just some example, like something like that, which can again, tie back and give more details into what you're doing to overcome your opportunity. Because trust me, if you name those opportunities, interviewers will either ask if you're what you're doing to overcome them, or they may not actually ask you anything because they were hoping that you would actually give them some context. And if you don't, well, they might not actually, you know, find those answers too comforting. You know, keep these strategies going throughout the entire interview. And I know we've been over a lot, but keep them going throughout the entire interview and you'll be setting yourself up to hear at the end of all this, you're hired, which I hope and pray that, hey, everybody that's listening that needs a job, I hope you get it. I'm rooting for you. All right. I want to switch to this real quick. Just last week, actually almost seems like just yesterday, we were talking about the short squeeze that was in certain stocks like GameStop, AMC, for example, just last week. And how you should actually play and go about playing that game. If you bought in on Friday when GameStop stock was over $300 and AMC, I believe, was right around 20 this week, most likely you lost money. Now, this isn't the end of the world, but I will admit kind of stings a little bit, doesn't it? Now, for the folks out there came up in the world, you invested a little bit and you came up. Congratulations. I want to give you a bit of pat on the back for having, you know, the wherewithal to go ahead and take that profit for some of us who trying to ride that rocket ship to the moon, as they're saying on Reddit. That rocket has come crashing back down to earth and you've lost a lot. I know it sucks, but what I want to do is get you started back on the road to get back what you've lost and to get back on that road to financial freedom. So I want to give you three things I want you to do if you're in that your lost spot. So the first thing I want you to do is to remember your plan and I want you to get back to it. You have heard me point out before on many occasions about financial strategies and having a financial plan to get to your financial freedom. And I realized that a lot of people saw this GameStop and AMC situation as a way to kind of cut the line and jump ahead a little bit. And if that didn't work out for you, well, it doesn't mean that your plan that you put in place didn't work. It just means that now is the time to really buckle down and be consistent in it. So, and get back to it. The second thing I want you to do is, depending on how much you lost, you might have to be willing to take another risk to recover from your last risk. And here's what I mean by that. Let's just say you lost a good amount of money. So now you put yourself in a position where, well, you're gonna need more money. So for a temporary set of time, you might have to take another risk to maybe have less sleep to take a second job. Now again, doesn't mean you're gonna have to do this for one year, two years, three years, or anything like that, but at least long enough for you to gain back what you lost. Heck, I mean, there's plenty of part-time work out there. I mean, there's Uber and all kinds of stuff you can do. So again, if you want to get back what you lost quicker, go ahead and get a second job or just any other secondary source of income. Third thing I want to give people is now that you took that risk, now is a perfect time, if you have not already, to understand your risk 
tolerance. Here's what I mean by that. Everybody knows if they're a gambler or how much you're willing to risk. Now, I won't tell you to flat out not to take a risk. I will tell you not to risk at all. Again, I will definitely tell you that. There's a saying, scared money don't make money. So sometimes a risk is needed, but I want us to be more calculated with it. While you're on step two and you're working that secondary job to replace back what you lost, once you've done that and you've gotten back, Put a little bit of, I would call it risk money to the side. That way, if the mega millions come back up right, or you see another stock that potentially going to the moon, now you have a little pot to the side to where I can take that money and go do it. And it's not messing up any of my bills. It's not taking away from anything I've set aside for the future or anything like that. Now, some of us are just going to be like, man, hell no, I ain't going to risk none no more. I'm going to stick to my plan. And that's what's going to get me there. And if you decide to do that, more power to you. But if you just know you're going to take a risk, I'd rather you put a little bit of money to the side. So that way you can have it there to play with versus taking from money that you need. So remember your plan. Get back to it. You might have to take another risk to get back what you've risked and get a great understanding of your risk tolerance. Do those three things and whatever you lost, you can get back. I appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Have a very good week and weekend. Talk to you all later. Peace.